You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. I knew when I could hear my breath that it was really loud. You give the worship team a hand, they... About three and or so hours of worship last night, and my gosh, the presence of God is just as sweet today as it was then. And so they've they've poured a lot out. So Lord bless them, pour back into them. If you haven't been here or um, aren't aware yet of the change of our service, we um, at least the the layout. We do our announcements at the beginning. So if you miss those and. We want you to see those. You can go back on the live on Facebook and look at the recording and catch all the announcements at the beginning. That's also when we do our, our tithe and offering now. And uh, we needed a change of pace. I personally did and felt like Jesus was like, switch this thing up. You know what I mean? There's no one way or two ways or ten different ways you can do, you can do church, right? <laughs> Which I'm glad for because uh, it gets a little monotonous for me at times if, if the power of God's not moving and... <laughs> <laughs> Announcements are important, but I wanted to get them out of the way. Uh, <laughs> so I thought, well, better time to do them than the beginning. <laughs> and with live recording, everybody can catch them. So it's amazing. So obviously, I'm I'm back. Uh, I, I feel I feel back from from Karachi, from Pakistan. And um, today, I'm going to share with you um, testimonies. Uh, I'm going to share with you just the the whole trip. Um, and uh, but first, I want to thank you guys. Thank you so much for everybody that that prayed, um, everybody that poured into this trip financially. Um, you will see that from what you sowed, what you sowed into, there was an abundance of fruit um, that poured into the revival that is is happening in, in literally the the most Muslim populated uh, nation that there is in the world. Uh, Pakistan is 95% Muslim, and um, India is the biggest country, obviously, just because it's larger than Pakistan, but the most populated is with Muslims is Pakistan. And so we'll get into some, to some of that in a minute. And so God is releasing revival there, and getting to witness it and get to be a part uh, of what God's doing was uh, a dream come true, and... and um, You'll see, it will be hard for me at times to get through some of these things because it's, cha- it's changed me, and I think it would be impossible or, or, or a problem even if it didn't. Uh, so thank you for sewing, thank you for especially for praying, and I didn't get jet lag. It's a 10-hour time difference, um, at least it was till we went ahead an hour today. I think it's a 9-hour time difference now, but it was 10 when I was there. And we showed up in the middle of their night, and I didn't get jet lag going there, um, and I didn't get jet lag coming back. It was, it was supernatural. I adjusted to their schedule immediately, and I adjusted back to our schedule immediately, and that's just Jesus. We have a friend who that happens to, and uh, I, I talked with her um, before I left and was just believing the same things that happened to her happened to me. 
and was declaring that I get jet bounce and not jet lag. So, <clears throat> which, was, which was true. So uh, this is my first trip to, to the Middle East and honestly my first trip to third world uh, country. Um, Pakistan's got, uh, in Karachi, there's 20, 20 million. I was, I was short about 3 million on my uh, population uh, numbers, but there's about 20 and a half million there in, just in Karachi alone. Um, so uh, crowded is, is an understatement, and uh, traffic flow. You know what is hilarious is that their traffic flows better than ours, and it is controlled chaos is, is probably not even the best way to describe it, but the only words I can think of. Um, I saw two traffic lights, and they were optional um, as to whether or not you stopped at them. Um, I, I, you know, Dr. Sultan, you know, we were uh, with him and, and uh, CTN um, network, CTN of, of Pakistan's, their television network aired in 80 countries or 80 nations of the world. And so he was driving us, you know, the, obviously the whole time. And we stopped at one light and there was the only two lights that were fairly close together. And, um, you know, motorcycle cars everywhere. They drive on the opposite side of the road, opposite side of the car. You know, so it's weird sitting in the front seat on the opposite side. But they're really not, you know, there's only a few roads that there were lines on. And so you just kind of go wherever you want and just, just don't hit people. Um, and they don't, they don't have car insurance. So if you do hit somebody, um, you know what they do? Is that when you hit somebody is that you get out and fight. You get out and beat you up. But you can fight. I'd be like, can you fight back? I'm like, <laughs> he says, yeah, you can fight back. I'm like, I like my odds. You know, most of these guys are a lot smaller. We look like giants compared to a lot, a lot of them. I'm like, you know, so I felt like Sultan was driving a little more reckless because he had me, Matt General, which is, you know, and uh, Siraj were in the car. <laughs> it looked like he had a couple NFL football players with him compared to these guys, you know. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're head and shoulders taller than, than most of them. And, uh, <laughs> I got a picture of Matt on kneeling on stage on his knees, talking about surrender to Jesus and Sultan is standing next to him and he, he's almost as tall as Sultan. So back to the stoplight, Sultan stops at one stoplight and then the next one it's red and he just, you know, kind of breezed on through it and there wasn't traffic, but I'm, I'm like, I looked at, you know, the guys, I'm like, Hey, or if you stop at one, is the second one optional? And he's like, <laughs> and I saw all kinds of people running red lights. You know, it's just, they just take off in packs. And, and, uh, but, it, but it works for them. And I didn't see anybody get hit, not one person. And, uh, but you're, you know, you're kind of tense the whole drive. <laughs> so I, I don't know, uh, I'm not sure what the government's spending money on, but they're not spending it on the roads. Well, that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, so, but God is changing things even in Parliament there, and, and they've got a good um, person in, in leadership. What do you call the head of Parliament? Prime Minister. Yeah, they have a new Prime Minister, and so things are favor with, with him, and things are changing, and um, a little bit of change is, is, is obviously worth celebrating. So, um, I'm going to, uh, as I share today, I'm going to share a ton of testimonies, but before I get to the testimonies, I am going to share uh, something that I, find, I think is very important that we know, um, the persecution and the cost. Because for me, I was deeply convicted, even sending testimonies back, that some of these testimonies, and I'll probably go over time today, so just expect that. But um, 
It'll be worth it. Um, so I was deeply convicted probably three or four days into the trip that when I was sending testimonies back to the team, I said, please don't share any more of these on, on social media um, or with anyone else until I get to share the persecution, that um, the price that was paid for these testimonies to be possible, right? And, you know, Aaron shared a testimony of, of a guy getting healed and born again at the mall. Um, it's easy for me, I don't know about you, but it's easy for me to overlook the price that was paid for Aaron to be able to share the gospel freely at the mall. You know, because there's places in Once Upon a Time where, and there's still places where that's, that's not okay. But there were people that, that you know, I, I heard this phrase in my mind, and maybe I heard it from somebody else before, but the blood of the martyrs runs deep, right? We, this, is, this is not just, this ain't no American Christianity, right? The, the gospel is the gospel um, that people may dilute it in our country because it's okay to date Jesus and not have covenant with him. Um, but uh, lots of people in our, in our nation are getting, you know, getting or rising up, and there is an army that's rising up as we were singing, and people are getting covenant. Um, so it, it's easy to, to, to look at our culture and forget that there was a price, and there's still a price that's being paid. And I'm going to share some of that with you today, and I'll, I'll get through it through tears and, and, um, and to sit with those people, uh, the persecuted church. Um, quite possibly the most persecuted group of Christians that there are in, in the world, um, was, I, I don't even know how to articulate it well enough, is of what it did to me, to, be, to serve with them, to serve them, and then to be served by them. Because they honor in a way that is, I mean, it's, it's embar- it was embarrassing to me how, how well they honor you know, the lays that they put on you that are handmade, you know, fresh flowers that are on every lay. And they'll put three, four, five over you every place that you go. Every event that you do, one event they're throwing, you know, flower petals on us as, you know, as we walk down the streets to the street. It's just like, I, and it, it blew me away. I'm like, you know, multiple times I'm like, man, you guys are honoring us. I'm like, this is... I'm like, it should be, it should be the other way around. And, and you know what Sultan, he told me, he said, we, we get that if we honor a prophet in the name of a prophet, we'll receive a prophet's reward. And that if we honor you, the anointing will stay. And I'm like, you get it, honor away. You know, I'm still going to be embarrassed by it because it's, it's way, way over the top. The way we stand and clap for people a long period of time, it makes that look like very minuscule, even though that's amazing. <laughs> but what they do was, I wasn't prepared for that. So <clears throat> I'll, sh- I'll share with you, uh, we got one picture that I want to start this off with. I found out a great way to get around Pakistan uh, when you're with a guy that is a power lifter and can hold up two or so hundred pounds. And uh, that's Matt General there for you guys that don't know him. Um, <laughs> it was the only place, that coffee shop there, we, you know, we drank uh, chai tea for about the first three days, and then I found out they had coffee shops, and I'm like, Jesus, I hear you speaking, Lord, take me there. It's, it's Gloria, too, you know, it's, it looks like glo- glorious to me, so it was, and it was, it was glorious. They're like, what do you want? I'm like, two, I would two double shot of espresso and a, and a black coffee, I want to try your black coffee. And he didn't, you know, they speak Urdu, and so he wasn't getting it, and uh, he's like, Two shots of espresso in the coffee. He's like, two sh-. I'm like, just put it, just put it all together. I don't care. 
Just put it all in there. <laughs> we'll, make, we'll make it all one. I, you know, it'll, it'll make me sweat, but it's hot anyway. Who cares? <laughs> so it, was, it, was, it wasn't summer there. It was, you know, but still, you know, 80s or, or low 90s. So that was, that was a good time. We, uh, you got you to keep your joy up, right? You got to keep your joy up. And so we had fun when we could. And being with Matt General and, Sir, and Siraj Thomas, um, just fiery young man that loved Jesus. And uh, I think that we, we learned a lot from one another on this trip. And so I'm going to read a couple verses to you before we, show, before we show the next picture, which would be the first one of uh, the three of us. Um, and again, we're not showing these pictures online, right? So they're not coming up on the feed. Please, okay, make sure they're not coming up on the feed. And I would ask that, uh, that none of you would take pictures or video of anything that I show on, on the screens, um, just for the safety of, of anybody there. Now, they do post a lot, but I just want to do my due diligence in that. And so Matthew 5, 3, uh, verse 5, or uh, yeah, chapter 5, verse 3 says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit. We're poor in spirit. It means that we know that our dependency is solely on Jesus. I can't do this thing without him. I don't even want to try. And if it wasn't for him, none of this would be possible. It's, it's poor, poor in spirit. And the people that we were with, they get it. They're not, and are they poor? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're poor too. Um, and so uh, talk about privilege. We're, we're just privileged to be born in this nation. Period. Doesn't matter color, race, ethnicity, background. You're born in America, you're privileged. So, blessed are the poor in spirit, for those are the kingdom of heaven. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 10 through uh, 13 says, Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Uh, rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For in this same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Sorry, that was just verse 10 and 12, not verse 13. Uh, one more scripture. Um, Romans chapter 8, verse 18 says, uh, Paul said, For I consider the, that the sufferings, uh, my present sufferings, are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in me. All right? I, I uh, got to a better understanding of what that looks like because I was with, you know, the next verse in verse 19, it says, it's just a carry-on with what Paul's saying. For the earnest expectation of the creation is eagerly waiting for the revealing of the sons, the sons of God. It's, I, I've, those two have to go together, right? For I consider the suffering, so I don't, it's the suffering, I don't even, I don't even cost. I don't even count the, the suffering it costs. I just... I just call it laying my life down. <laughs> and, and the people that we were with, they get that in a way that we can't. And I'm not saying that I'm, I, I'm not happy that I, I don't have, that I don't have to go through what they're going through. Right? Um, they suffer a persecution that we, we don't have to. We suffer some other kinds of persecution. And um, I believe that they're much more subtle and alluring in our country. The allure and the uh, attraction of the world's culture and to lower our standards and say things are okay that aren't and to write things off as just being the way people feel or, 
or way things are happening or they were just, you know, whatever it is, we name it and then we just begin to come into agreement subtly with the world's culture and say it's okay and we lower and lower our standards. And I believe that's, as I was talking with a dear friend, she said, that's, I believe that's the, the persecution of the American culture. Um, so let's get on to, to this picture and um, this right here, this um, amazing uh, woman of God. Um, we were in the room that we're in right there is where Sultan's church started in 2013. Um, her and her husband lived, she still lives, in the building that the, the church was started in. It's a, it's a big building, and just so you know, I'll, me I'll mention who did these things one time, their particular religion. And um, I'm not going to mention it anymore and, and I, I, because I don't want to emphasize who did the things. I, but I do want you to remember that we, we war not against flesh and blood, right? It's not religions or even the people. It's the demonic. It's evil spirits that are driving people to do this. Um, so they're, they're in a building that's in a, in a part of uh, Karachi where Christians are allowed to live. Because Christians are second-class citizens, because Muslims hold all positions of power, and um, obviously I told you 95% of the country is Muslim, and so Christians are, are treated as uh, second-class citizens. They're allowed to live in certain places. Their plumbing's not the same. Their sewage system is not the same. Their trash disposal um, is terrible throughout the whole country, kind of like India, um, <clears throat> and, and they're, they're persecuted daily um, by said people. Not all groups, but some it's happening constantly and things that you're not hearing in the news are why I'm telling you some of these stories, one of the reasons. And so this, this lady, um, for five years, her and her husband were beaten every week, uh, stoned, um, beaten by Muslims until, um, until one day uh, they, they broke her wrist and uh, threw acid in his face and melted. Uh, I saw a picture of his face melted this side uh, of his face. And um, if that weren't enough, they also told the authorities that he had stolen from them, which was not true, but because all the positions of power are ran by said people, um, the, what he had to do was go on the run. And, and so he, he was not going to get a fair, a fair trial there. There's not like due process um, the way that we have it, and um, so for the last um, the last three years, the last three I think it's the last three years uh, they've been separated. Um, this this woman two years ago in this in this same area there was uh, alcohol gifted to twenty five teenage uh, Christian boys. Um, they were given to them by, by the same, same type of people that were persecuting them. And um, they knew that the teenage boys were, had been experimenting with drinking. So they gave it to them as a Christmas present about three days before Christmas. Twenty-two of those, those boys died because what they had given them was poison. <clears throat> and then they wrote, Happy Christmas, on the side of the building that they lived in. Um, <laughs> this woman... Uh, was still so joyful and wanted and did, served us. It, it, she was serving us for, for days before we knew, because this, her house is the first house that we went to on the, on the first uh, day that we were there, and um, we didn't know this story for about 
for about three or four days in, until, you know, three or four days in. And um, Sultan is telling us this. And if it was not for uh, her faith, uh, their endurance in their faith to stand in the face of persecution, the testimonies that I'll share with you today, I don't know that we would have, we, would, we definitely wouldn't have had a connection with Sultan. Uh, I'm not saying we wouldn't have went over there, but it wouldn't have been the same. Um, so Sultan's uh, church has been, um, has been attacked three times. Um, <laughs> one time they came in, and just tore Bibles up, tore stuff up, and uh, the door to his office was right off the sanctuary, and they never came in. He said, it, God hid the door. They couldn't, it was like, they, and he stayed in there for a, a few hours, and then uh, some members of the church came in, and, and uh, he was able to come out. Um, but the last time, uh, they did it, they, they set it on fire. And so when they set things on fire, they throw a chemical agent on there that causes the, the fire to burn hotter and faster. And uh, Sultan and his wife, Nana, were both in the building when they set it on fire. So they were meant to be burnt up in the fire. Uh, Nana came and got him, and uh, she was able to get there. And she was pregnant at the time when it, when it happened. She was actually eight months and two weeks pregnant. I don't know what that is in weeks, lady. I'm, ladies, I'm sorry. Uh, she, was all, uh, she was due, uh, what's today, 14th? She's due today. Um, <laughs> so she's, she's due today with their third child. Um, but she was able to get their papers and, and everything out of their, their legal documents, to, which would have been very hard to uh, get to take the place of those. And so um, Sultan said, well, they have a biblical university there where they're discipling people. And he said, we had 40 to 50 students before they set the building on fire. He said, because it went on the news, he said, what they did made us famous. He said, now we have 200 to 250 students in our school. <laughs> so God literally, come on, he, he literally makes all things work together for good, even if they don't, they don't appear that way. And so um, <clears throat> I could tell you more stories of, of kidnappings that are happening frequently where people are being forced to convert or marry or die. Um, these are things that you're not hearing in the news, and, and they're making it very clear that they don't want it to be said in the news because the, the prime minister and the parliament do not want their country to look as it is. Um, so they are actually been shown favor. I was there um, when I was there, when we were there. They had a meeting with uh, the three members of parliament and the prime minister uh, zoomed in, I think, and um, because there had been some Christians that had been, um, their house had been set on fire and they died. And there had been, they'd arrested, so basically what was going to happen is they were going to protest. There were 200 pastors, they were going to get 50 people apiece, uh, and they were going to protest in the city, uh, in the streets of Karachi. And uh, they said, well, we don't, want you to, we don't want you to do that, this is your city too, um, we don't want, you know, this is going to be bad for the city. And, um, you know, saying without saying. And um, so, but to have that sit down and have that meeting shows that, that actually there was favor shown with, with parliaments. For them to even get an audience with the prime minister was a really big deal. So it may not look like a victory to us because we're used to all our rights, um, you know, but um, that's a victory to them. 
And so some people did still protest, but um, the government said that they, we will rebuild. We can't bring back your dead, but we will rebuild. And um, we will help you uh, with starting some businesses and doing some things like that. Because right now, um, they're not allowed. They're, there's nothing like that happening. Um, they're not even Christian businesses. are not the ones in the Christian area of town. Um, so, it, it, but, but God is, you know, it, when revival breaks out, it's going to touch all realms. You know, if the gospel doesn't touch every, every realm uh, of society, um, then there, there's something missing. And uh, I wasn't aware that there was anything missing from the gospel while we were there. Um, so, <clears throat> again, back to Nana. She was uh, eight months and, and two weeks pregnant, uh, taking care of a two-and-a-half-year-old and a, and a one-and-a-half-year-old. And uh, I couldn't even, she acted like she wasn't even pregnant. I don't even, I mean, she's just just joyful and moving around like there's no problem. And I, I'm like, you're superhuman or something. Maybe they just build y'all different over here. I don't know what's going on. Maybe you're just used to this, but um, <laughs> they're serving us. And then we found out how pregnant she was. I'm like, oh man, because you know, that's a question you just never ever want to ask, you know, as a guy, you're like, how pregnant are you? You know, like, I'm not, you're not going to get me with that one, right? <laughs> I'm steering clear of that until somebody else brings it up. <laughs> <laughs> so whoever was the bravest or, you know, wanted to put their foot in their mouth that day. So <laughs> I'm trying to follow my rule on a daily basis of don't say anything dumb. So, <clears throat> but I wanted, I wanted you to know that, that people are paying a price and to look in the eyes of the persecuted church and to sit with them and to know what they're going through and to see their joy and to see their fire and to see that the, the kingdom of God, you know, we say it, is that the, the, the kingdom of God is unstoppable. It's an unstoppable force. It doesn't matter who's in positions of power. It doesn't matter the oppression. It doesn't matter the culture. It's an unstoppable force. You know, that Isaiah 9 that he prophesied about is that the kingdom would be upon Jesus' shoulders and the increase of his government, there would be, or the, the government would be upon his shoulders, the increase of it and of peace, there'd be no end. Right? That's not when times are good. That's, it's like all the time. It's increasing all the time. And I got to literally see that it's increasing there while they're <laughs> struggling seemingly in a lot of other ways. Revival is happening and the fire of God upon the church there in Pakistan is insane. Good news is, is that we don't have to go through persecution for that same fire to be upon us. Hunger's a, hunger's a choice. And in the kingdom, everything's upside down. So the more I eat, actually the hungrier I get. If we get accustomed to our culture, is that I just eat enough to stay sustained. But that's not actually kingdom living. We were, we were created for, for, for one speed in the kingdom. Right? <laughs> There's one. It's overdrive. Like it's, it's on fire, consumed with His love passionate about God and passionate about people. That's, that's, all, that's all we were created for. And if, that, and if that convicts our hearts because we're not like that, good. Right? Because when I get convicted, Jesus is drawing me into a place that he paid for me to be with a smile on his face. And he's not shaming us or condemning us or saying, why aren't you like them or browbeating us? He doesn't do that. He's just, he's saying here, come on, you've realized something that I wanted you to realize. This is, what, this is what it's about. It's not about the American dream. 
It's about the kingdom of heaven coming on earth as it is in heaven. And the kingdom advancing in our nation wherever we are at in the same ways that it's advancing in those other places where they're suffering things that hopefully we never suffer. Right? But if it can happen there, my gosh, can it happen here, right? And it is. And it is. So here's on to the testimonies. And I'll run through some of these. And so this is when we were in the airport. Uh, we had just got to, we had just touched down in the Karachi airport. And Matt General and I got through customs really quickly. And Sarah, well, I don't want to say quickly. It was a little bit of an ordeal. It was as quick as I'd liked it to have been, but it was quicker than what Siraj got through. Because one number on his e-visa was off from his passport. I didn't notice that when he was leaving, but they sure did notice that we were coming in. And so while that's happening, Matt and I don't know it. They, uh, some people that were there to pick us up, kind of ushered us into what was a hotel, um, like concierge place, where they'll meet and greet people that are going to stay at their hotels, or at that, uh, that hotel, and, and then they'll, you know, take them to the hotel. And so I, how we ended up in the office, or why, I have no idea. But before I knew it, there were people everywhere. And evidently, because we were with Sultan's people, they knew we were Christians, and <clears throat> I got a, a word of knowledge wrong, which... Uh, got me an encounter with this guy. And I asked the guy behind the desk and found out he, later he was a skeptic. And I said, hey, do you have pain in your back? He's like, no. And they're like, this guy does. And I'm like, awesome. Can we pray for you? So we pray for him. Jesus heals him. And his interpreter, because again, they speak Urdu, um, the, the interpreter for him says he wants to give his life to Jesus. And I'm like, I didn't even ask. How did, you know, uh, I'm like, he would just give his life to Jesus. I'm like, yes, this is way easier than I thought it was going to be. And so we're still in the airport. Um, I get to lead him in getting born again. This is after he gets born again here. And uh, the guy behind the desk is like, what is this, some kind of magic? I'm like, no, it's just Jesus. And so um, the guy next to me pretty much asked me for a prophetic word. He's like, uh, you have spiritual insight for me. And I'm like, you mean prophecy? And, and so I'm like, I think that's what you mean. Let's just go for it. And so I start prophesying to him, and uh, the guy behind the desk, he confirms that, you know, that's, that's accurate. And the guy behind the desk is like, that's, you know, I, I, he's speaking in Urdu to this guy, but I, I picked out one word that was English, and it was horoscope. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, bro, this, this, and he spoke English too, but he was just, you know, talking in their language, so I wouldn't understand him. I'm like, bro, this ain't that. I'm like, this ain't that, and, and I start talking to him about what it is and, and connection to God's heart, and, and that's what the purpose of it is, and how the differences between horoscopes and palm reading and psychics between people that are prophetic, and, uh, <laughs> and then I start getting this download for him and talking about the disappointment that he's went through and why he can't believe this, and I'm like, is that right? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, see, Jesus, he knows you and he loves you. I couldn't have made that stuff up. Like, you wouldn't have got that in your, in your daily horoscope. <laughs> and so uh, and then Sultan calls and somebody hands me a phone and they and Sultan says hey make sure that you don't tell them that you're there to preach the gospel because we were there to teach at the biblical university on our e-visas which is true we did and um I said bro I, th I think that our cover may be blown <laughs> I'm like <laughs> like revival is breaking out in the airport Prophecies flown, people are getting healed, another, another uh, lady's knees got healed. It's just like, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm like, but I think, I think we're good. We'll see you soon. And so Siraj, finally, this guy walks up to him, and um, 
I don't know what I don't know what went down. I don't know how this happened, but a guy walks up to him and says, uh, "Hey, he's fine. Let him go in." We're like, uh, "Okay," because <laughs> he was, you know, rightfully a little, a little frantic, and um, so we did. Nikki had prophesied about us hitting the ground running. And we definitely did. And so we go on to the next picture, if you would, Rachel. And so we went to, next day we went to a prayer center. It's a piece of ground that is very difficult to get property there in Karachi, especially for Christians. So this is in this big gravel walled in area. And we're just praying there. And and Sultan's showing us where we're going to be the following night to dedicate the prayer center and... I'm like amazing. So you walk in, and there's uh, there's people that are living through through that door that you see. There's people that are living behind the prayer center, and the lady that I showed you, Matt and Siraj and I were in the picture with. She actually lives um, in that particular building, and this young man had been in bed for uh, three. I want to make sure that I get the number. Um, Last six years, he's only gotten out of bed to eat bread and use the bathroom. He's 40 years old, and since high school, he said something that was following him spiritually, not, phys- not physically. So, was, so we start praying for him, and he, he really doesn't want us to pray for him. And, um, you know, we feel something leave, you know, <laughs> the room. And uh, he gets up out of bed, and he walks outside for the first time in all those years. And uh, Siraj starts sharing the gospel with him, and he gets born again. And he says, when I gave my life to Jesus, I felt uh, ropes fall off of my hands. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, God. Uh, because though we went there to do some big meetings, we went there to share the gospel with everything moving, breathing that would let us share the gospel with them. And so this guy gets born again. Will you show the next picture? We didn't know it, but this is his brother in the alley. Matt starts sharing the gospel with him, and guess what? He gets born again too. <laughs> We're like, yes, Jesus, this is a great start, right? You know, it's a, it's a family thing. And so whole, whole household salvation. Um, so these two brothers get born again. Um, just a beautiful, beautiful moment with them. And uh, we go on to the next picture. Um, this is a baptism service. <laughs> we each got to baptize 20 people. To baptize 20 people, 60 people had got born again just from the TV station that they're running there. These are people that gave their lives to Jesus through the TV station. You know, what Sultan likes to say is that there's no, there's no night in the kingdom. TV's on while you're sleeping. <laughs> so the kingdom is working. Teaching is happening. The gospel's being preached. People are getting saved. So we got to baptize those people. Um, there, were, uh, there was corporate healing that took place. I don't know how many, uh, a few dozen or so people, pain leaving their bodies. Uh, we got to give corporate prophetic words and encourage people. And um, it was, you go on to the next one. I think the next one might be, uh, this one I held under a little bit longer because it just felt like it was necessary. No, I'm just kidding. And, and I didn't know how long I should let that joke hang out, but probably not long enough. So, so, so there's me and 
I'm standing in in uh, standing in the water there, getting ready. Oh, I, <laughs> I should have went first, baptizing people. I went second. I didn't want to go third. Um, <laughs> you may not understand why, but <clears throat> if you, <laughs> we'll leave it there. So this is so this is the prayer center that was just an empty lot. These these guys set something up like that. So we thought. You know, he's like, oh, I just want you to share something. I want you to pray. That's all he told me. So I'm getting to share that night. We pull up, and this is happening. There's three, you can fit 300 people in there, and it was over 300 people that were in there. And they got a sound system. They got, a, they got band. You know, they're just killing it in worship. And they're, they're singing at the top of their lungs. Even if we die, our faith will live on. I'm like, Oh my gosh. This is an open air meeting where everybody can hear. I mean, you could probably hear this for miles. It was so loud. Um, so, so pull up and they're like, I'm like, well, I thought this was going to be like a few people. We were going to pray and bless the ground, you know. And, and um, I'm like, what do you want me to do? He's like, I want you to teach for 45 minutes or an hour. I'm like, all right. Holy Spirit, we've been here before. <laughs> You knew this was coming. Thanks for letting it be a surprise to me. <laughs> so there were, um, in, in this picture, all these people, I know it's kind of hard to, to see, but all those people that are standing are um, standing to get free from suicide. Suicidal thoughts. Um, 20 or 30 people, I don't know how many because there's, there's more people back here. L- let me interject one thing. Um, when I got done preaching and had people stand for suicide, um, Sultan leans over and says, hey, this man back here, his spirit has left his body. I, I don't know. It doesn't compute. You know, he's speaking English, but I'm not understanding. I'm like, spirit left his body. I said, do you mean he's dead? And he's like, yeah, he's dead. I'm like, man, preached him to death. So I get excited because I'm thinking, resurrection. I get back to this guy. He, he, he didn't look good before. And he was very old. I believe he'd lived his, his years. But it wasn't going to stop us from, you know. So Raj and, and Matt and I are, are praying for resurrection. We've got two uh, soldiers that look like boy soldiers to me. Uh, behind us because you got soldiers at every meeting with you, you know, uh, armed forces and um, there for multiple reasons. Uh, crowd control is one of them so they don't rip, your, uh, rip you apart. Um, I've never been somewhere where people just start, they're, pull, they're literally pulling on you. Pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. It's much like their traffic flow. It's chaos. And, and, and the need is consuming if you're not careful. And so while they're continuing to pray for this man, which we didn't get any word back on, on what happened because his family came soon after that and we're like, hey, we, we want his body. And so we had a choice to make right then. This is before we prayed for anybody that night. And we planned on praying for the sick and seeing people delivered. And you got a choice to make. What are you going to do? You're going to let that ruin your day? You're going to hang out in, in what you didn't see in that moment or what hasn't happened yet? Or are you going to hold on to hope? It was a good opportunity, a good learning moment for all of us. And, and we chose, we chose hope 
we chose that Jesus is still the same regardless of what didn't happen in that moment. And, and I'm, I'm pretty convinced it was just his time to, to go. And to go out in a, in a service like that, I believe, would be, would, would be ideal for, for lots of us. And so I went back up, got to pray for people to get free from suicide. We did uh, corporate uh, prayer for, for deliverance and also for healing. bunch of people got healed from all different things. We're talking about um, deafness, partial blindness, uh, tumors seemingly dissolving, uh, pains of all kinds leaving people's bodies. Each one of us prayed individually um, for people. Over the course of the week, we probably prayed for three or 400 people each, each one of us. So upwards of, of 1,000 to 1,200 people apiece, not counting corporate prayer. Um, and so here's a, here's a funny story. Um, <laughs> there's a couple funny stories. So at the back of this, where you can't see, um, Siraj goes back there, and a young man had ripped his shirt off, and he's punching the air. And he's demon-possessed. And uh, so... He goes back there and just starts loving on him, and, and he's, you know, he has to grab his hand because the guy's trying to punch him in the face, and, and then he bites Siraj, and uh, he didn't break skin, but he had teeth marks on, on his arm. Thankfully, he didn't break skin. You know, I think the Lord just worked it out that way, and Siraj, just steady, just keeps looking into his eyes and loving on him, and before you know it, he's free, uh, demon-free, and uh, gives his life to Jesus, gets born again and baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, yes, God. Uh, Matt saw about five people uh, born again this night. Um, is the video of the little girl next? Will you show that? So. You've been born again and you said you've seen Jesus in your dreams. Can you describe that to me? This is. I had seen him in my dreams. He said to me, what do you want? And then after that, I would come up. Yeah, what did you say to him when he asked you what you wanted? I said that I want brothers and sisters. Yes, but he appeared to you in your dream, though. Praise God. That's amazing. Okay, so I was asking you if you can go on to the next Jesus one, if you would, because I think it's going to keep repeating. Um, so that girl, Matt asks, have you been born again? She says, Jesus came to me in my dreams. Well, she, he didn't catch on the video is that also in, in another dream, um, she gave her life to Jesus in the dream. Right? <laughs> The kingdom uh, never sleeps. <laughs> Puts it in perspective. And so we're like, this is amazing. Do you have a question? Yeah, so is it common to speak English? Um, the younger generation, some of them speak English. Yeah, they're learning. They're, they're growing up learning English. The uh, um, mid, middle-aged, whatever you could, which is a little younger over there, um, to older only speak Urdu, and they'll understand a little bit of English, but not very much. <clears throat> and I, I learned one uh, phrase of Urdu, which is uh, Yasuka Name, um, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> you use that with any person that speaks Urdu. <clears throat> so this is, this is the same uh, meeting. Uh, let me tell another quick funny story. Is uh, a funny story with a good ending. And so I'm praying for people. People are, I mean, demons are manifesting. Jesus is setting people free. And about three people back, uh, this young man is being brought up to me by his mom. And, and he's about 19 uh, or 20. And his eyes are just solid black. And I see him looking at me. And what, is, what I, I found out is uh, don't, don't look up. Not because of him, but because at the other meetings we were at where hundreds of people need prayer, uh, you'll be overwhelmed by the need. 
So I get to stay focused, stay joyful, have fun, even though it's serious, you know. And so I learned some good lessons there. So once this young man gets to me, um, he's just looking at me, never blinked, hadn't blinked the whole time. And I put my hands on the side of his head and his, his lips form a, a kissy face, you know. And uh, I'm like, I don't know what's happening here. And then he blows a kiss at me. <clears throat> and I thought, I don't know if, if he likes me, <clears throat> he thinks I'm attractive, or this demon is mocking me. And uh, so then I find out that it's the, it's the latter. It's the demon was mocking me. And, the, and uh, just blank, Sarah, black eyes, just sticks his tongue out at me. And I'm like, no, bro, it's not, this is not, this is not, this is not going down. Um, <clears throat> that's it, devil. And, um, and so, you know, bam, Jesus uh, broke witchcraft over his life. A lot of people deal with that stuff, and he gets free and uh, is bo- born again. And, um, you know, you can just see his, you know, it's just amazing. So um, that was a, a, something that never happened to me before. Maybe that's happened to you in a prayer line, but I never, I never had that happen. Will you go on, go on to the next oh one, Rachel? My. Thank you so much. So, oh my so I just want you to watch so this. There's, this there's, was actually shimmering. There's gold dust. You can turn the volume down. If you, yeah, for the video. Anyway. All over my arm. I don't now. remember. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys can see that. It off. It was on this You'll see side. more of it here in a second. You see that? Oh my god. You'll see more. Oh my gosh! Look at it collecting right crazy. there. You see that? Look at it. It just, oh, it just. So you can move on, on to the next one. Um, I'll, I'll tell you that this is after the prayer meeting. This is after the prayer meeting that gold dust uh, appeared. After I'd washed my hands, gold dust appeared on both my hands. And this has never happened to me. This isn't like common thing for me. I've heard about that stuff happening. And then it start, as we're talking, it starts appearing on my right arm where you saw it. And then it, as we're talking and we're looking at it, it clumps up in one area. And the, this is after the first two days that I was there. And I was facing. The first two days, all, some of you knew this. I had severe stomach pain. Um, I was being bombarded with doubt, um, you know, just a lot of mental warfare. And obviously, didn't catch on to it for about 24 hours that it was mental warfare. You know, I'm, I'm, doubt, I'm like, am I in the right place? Am I supposed to be here? Did I miss a God? It's just all this stuff. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, these aren't even my thoughts. And uh, <clears throat> so your prayers really helped me. And, and that was uh, after two days of this. I'd, I'd hardly slept Usually when I preach, if I'm in pain or sick, which has happened more times than I can count, it will go away while I'm preaching and while I'm ministering. That night at the prayer center, my pain got worse at times while I was preaching and while I was praying. Maybe it was demonic. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but it was. Uh, so, I, I, you know, lack of sleep, whole culture. When God did that, I asked him, you know, Later on that night, I'm like, this is amazing. The gold dust is great. Thanks, Jesus. I'm real, I'm real grateful you did that. But why? You know, I always ask why. You know, don't always get an answer. But he said, uh, I, I wanted you to know that you're in the right place at the right time and that you're adding value to what I'm doing here. And I'm like, oh, thanks. Feels good. I needed that. Um, so the next day, it actually happened again as we were talking about uh, marriage, and they were probably learning from mistakes that I made in our marriage, and <laughs> and, uh, they, and gold dust appears again on uh, my my left hand, and then a, a print looked like a fingerprint, like somebody had touched it. I got a picture of it, it just on my Bible, and uh, I'm like, 
whoa, you know. And uh, again, he starts talking to me about adding value. And so it was just, they're signs and wonders, right? They point to Jesus. Nobody's worshiping signs and wonders. The exit sign points to the exit, right? And so just because we don't understand it or don't get it doesn't mean it's not him, right? As long as it points to him, I'm good with it. I don't care if I get it. So this guy is outside the glorious coffee shop. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Matt gets, Matt's got a word of knowledge on his shoulder. And he gets ready to, you know, he, he moves his AK-47 a little bit as Matt's getting ready to pray for him. Matt's like, whoa, you know, because we're not used to praying for people that are strapped with AK-47s. <laughs> I'm like, bro, it's okay. He's not going to shoot you. Uh, I was like, at least I don't think so. And, um, you know, he, we saw him a couple times because we went back to the glorious shop because heaven was surrounded, I'm pretty sure. And, um, and he was, his shoulder was completely healed. So that's amazing. Those are custom, Mary, outside of all businesses. Their businesses are guarded um, by the soldiers, by the police, and then the business pays for that. So you go on to the next one. Thank you. This is us going into this big meeting that had... I don't know, capacity of around 3,000 or so. Uh, those are, again, um, they, they, look like, they look like kids, don't they? Yeah, well, you guys probably realize culturally sometimes that people, you join the Army, or they put you in, in the Army, and that's not by your choice. Or maybe that's the best option for you, you know, or maybe the only option. So this is us going in uh, to this. We keep, keep going, Rachel, please. Thank you. And so this is me preaching. You see that we're both, we're both barefoot. If you, you've never seen me barefoot in a, in a church service probably, and it's because uh, I like my shoes. And, um, but culturally, this is respectful. And so they're like, you got to take your shoes off. And uh, after ruining two pairs of socks, I'm like, I'm just going to roll barefoot because my feet will wash, but I'd, t- I'd throw the other socks away. I'm like, socks are cheap. We'll just throw them in the trash. I'm like, I'm not ruining another pair of socks. Jesus, me and you are just rolling barefoot. So, uh, so this is in front of the crowd. I got the privilege of sharing, sharing my testimony. I preached my testimony and included the goodness of God and identity in, in front of this massive crowd. And um, you'll, you see there um, the people that were there. It, it was insane in, in a dream come true. And again, this is an open air meeting. You see all the people that are there. And um, you can keep going, Rachel, please. And so this is as they're, they're worshiping. And uh, they had a worship leader from Lahore come in. Um, he was, he was ama- amazing. He's, I aspire to be as cool as he is. He's, he's super cool. You know, he's just one of the, you know, worship, you're like, yeah, you're a worship leader. You're, you're just super cool. And so... Um, and, and so before, before we share this, um, actually, you know what? I'll share this first. Now, you can go back to the, to the young lady. It's okay. So they bring her. So I, I, I'm getting ready to, to preach, right? I got a few things on my mind. And uh, they've got uh, this young lady on w- one woman on each arm. They're, bring, they're dragging, kind of dragging her up to the stage. And, and I'm like, okay, this is, this is how you do it. I'm pretty sure I know what's going on here. You know, so she's, she's demon-possessed. She had been demon-possessed because she gave testimony later. For the last three years, demons would, where, in random places, cause her to pass out for hours at a time. So um, she only speaks Urdu. She does not speak English. So the first thing that she says to me before she says the video that they're getting ready to play in a second is, 
she looks at me. The demon says in perfect English, I'm coming to America. And I said, no, no, you're not. <laughs> We've got demons and you ain't coming with me. So, <clears throat> she's saying, I hate Jesus. I hate, well, the demon's saying I hate Jesus. She's not saying it. So we just, you know, bam. She gets laid out on the ground, and this is after we get a word of knowledge about some things she, she, someone she needed to forgive. She forgives them, and this is her clear-eyed, set free. It just was that fast. I mean, within minutes, you know, Jesus sets her free. I personally don't like to make a spectacle of deliverance, but not my show, not my place, you know, not, not, my, <laughs> not my choice. And so I'm like, this is how you roll? This is what we'll do. And, um, man, it was just amazing to be able to see her free after the torment that she had went through. And uh, she also got born again. And that night, um, we saw, we gauged between 800 and 1,000 people give their lives to Jesus that night corporately. <laughs> there were as many, if not, there were more people that stood to get free from addictions and deliverances of all kinds. Um, there were as many people that stood for physical healing, and about 20% of, of uh, a couple thousand of them were healed right then, corporately. Uh, Matt took on the deliverance, Siraj took on uh, the healing part, and I got to, to speak and give the, uh, the call for getting born again. And so, <clears throat> it was, I, I, hate, I know that we don't have much time and I'm over time, but I, it's hard for me to rush through moments like this because these weren't just, these aren't just testimonies to me. I don't ever want you to think that. I cherish every moment I get to stand in front of a crowd or in front of an audience of one. I cherish those moments because they're a privilege to get to be a part of. I know I got to keep, I got to keep it a little lighthearted, you know, um, <laughs> because you can get bogged down on how serious it can be. Um, but I, I mean, to be a part of, of seeing this young lady set free from torment that she she didn't deserve. The person that she needed to forgive was somebody who had been abusing her, which is common in that culture to be sexually abused. I know it's common in our culture. They say one in four women are. Uh, that culture, it's about everybody. Um, it's, just, it's just all the time happening, you know. Um, so to see her get free from something that she, ne she did not deserve, she didn't bring that on herself. You know, I begged for hell for a lot of years of my life. She wasn't. She wasn't, you know, that wasn't part of, of her lifestyle. So to see that was just was a beautiful way to start preaching uh, my testimony and get to share that in open air. It's echoing <laughs> across miles of just sharing and just yelling the name of Jesus, right? And seeing it destroy darkness. <laughs> I'm like, yes, thank you, Lord. So will you keep going, and we'll get through the rest of these. This is a little girl that I got to pray for. Uh, first person that I laid hands on at that big open-air meeting. Uh, doc, she's four years old. Doctor told her, uh, you're going to die. Uh, there's no hope for you. Uh, you need a new heart and new lungs. You could feel, uh, if, you ever, if you ever put your hand on somebody's back, uh, instead of you that worked in the medical field, you can feel the raspiness in somebody when their lungs are. This was, 
way different than just raspiness. I'm not entirely sure that it wasn't something that was demonic in, in there. Um, but I, I realized that she did literally need, she had a couple holes in her heart. Like she needed a new heart um, and, and she needed new lungs. And so by the time we got done praying, she was actually able to breathe um, and she felt better. So we're hoping for a good, good report back. Um, that night we saw um, tons Tons of people uh, delivered one-on-one healings, more partial or, or blindness, not born blind, but it went blind, uh, deafness, uh, tumors uh, that seemingly dissolved, pain leaving all kinds of, of people's bodies. Um, I got to love on, on somebody face-to-face that just needed to know who they were that was being tormented. Um, and it was one of the most beautiful moments uh, because to see them just by hearing who they are and how much they're loved by the Father uh, got free, you know, from, from the torment in that moment because they were experiencing every moment. Um, so it was just uh, amazing times at that. This is, this, this is before the street festival. Uh, they handmade those hats, by the way, and they gave us the, um, I don't know what that's like a scarf. Um, they gave us those. The hats, uh, we didn't take home with us. Uh, we couldn't find them. So this street festival, will you go on to the next picture, please? Um, this is our entry into the street festival. I'll, I'll wrap up with this, this in a second. Um, they do this once a month, and literally it's on the street, and we walked some blocks to get to this place. Well, for about a block, they're like throwing flower petals on us, beating a drum. We're, you know, being led through the streets. We don't even know where we're going. We don't even know what the event is. He just told us that there could be a thousand or fifteen hundred people there. And I'm like, in the street? And he's like, yeah, this is street evangelism. I'm like, it's different than our street evangelism. So <clears throat> I like it. <laughs> so if you go on to the next picture, I'll just let you watch the video. This is behind the stage. People, as far as you can see, it's about a the thousand. As I said, it was a thousand people there. I now receive the free gift of life. And I accept the forgiveness that you gave me. I confess. I got excited, and so you're, you're. If you haven't got it yet, that's the call for salvation. That I'm dead to everything I was never supposed to be. That my true life starts right now. So you're waiting for them to translate the it, then waiting for them to say it. I received. See, I was excited. I'm like, oh yeah, I gotta wait for them to I say it. Receive your Holy Spirit and your love. <laughs> That's Sultan translating. If you haven't got that yet. 
powerful. Okay. Yeah, that's it's over. You can go to the next one if you would. Over, we saw 90, 99.5% of those people stood that night to give their, to get born again. Uh, so around 900 people you just saw were giving their lives to Jesus in the streets of the most persecuted nations in the world. <laughs> You can evangelize. You can't break Sharia law. Breaking Sharia law would be to speak out against Muhammad or against Allah. And say, you can say Jesus is the way, which I preached on, on John 14. I preached Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The, truth, the way, the truth, and the life of a person, and his name is Jesus. Jesus is the Son of God. You can say, you can say that. It's not well liked by, by some of them. Um, but if you were to say Jesus is the Son of God, Muhammad will not cannot save you. You're, you know, you could be in trouble. You could be in trouble for that. So, yeah, this I'm gonna I'm gonna share just a couple more stories, and then we're gonna we're gonna pray for y'all. So, I mean, right there, if you've done the math, there's a couple close to a couple thousand people that got born again, and there were a bunch of people that got born again one on one. Anytime you're around Siraj and, and Matt and them guys from 420, it doesn't matter what country you're in or where you're at. People are going to get born again. Um, it's just, you know, they live to preach the gospel, um, and, and they, they get it. So this lady been demon-possessed since she was young. I'm actually not going to have you show the video. Was there, there wasn't a video, was there? Okay, good. Um, I didn't put the video up there. So, again, they bring her up. This is before I'm getting ready to preach. They bring her up. We see her husband, like, bringing her up, and um, she's very violent. All I see is fear, but she's demonic-possessed, and she had been since she was a little girl. And we just went down and loved her, right? We just went down and loved on her, and uh, I'm holding her hand, and she's, you know, like, she's made a fist. She... The demon wants to punch us. Jesus is not letting it go down like that. And we just keep telling her she's all right. She's loved. And um, she falls out in the Holy Spirit on the ground there. And, and uh, we pray for just a couple minutes. And uh, the next picture uh, you'll see, this is after she got born again and uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Um, there was another lady out front, same, same kind of scenario. Uh, screaming at the top of her lungs, and uh, not in, not for Jesus. And so this, she stands up and, and shares her testimony uh, about it. So there's tons of testimonies that night. This is just this is just one of them. Eighty uh, percent of the people stood to get free from addictions. Again, uh, Siraj got up to pray for healing, and eighty percent of the people that needed healing, which were hundreds, were completely healed before we ever prayed for them. Like some like Holy Spirit had come and it did a bunch of stuff. Um, so just another, one of those nights you walk away from, you're like, I can't believe that that just really happened, you know? Um, so if you want to go on to, to the next picture, uh, is there none left? Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, just, uh, two more things. So we did get to teach at the, the biblical university, um, first and second year. Um, we tag team taught them and there are people that will be sent out into villages that are unreached. And it was just people that are hungry for its discipleships taking place. 
And so it's, it's amazing. They're funneling those people that are getting saved to other places where they're getting discipled. Pastors, a bunch of pastors that are present at those meetings. So they're making sure those people are getting discipled in case you were wondering, because that's always what I'm wondering. Um, and so we spoke at uh, Sultan's church. Uh, or I'm sorry, we spoke. Yeah, it was this church on, uh, they call it Tuesday Deliverance Service. They have it every Tuesday. Uh, there's three to 500 people that come and need healing and deliverance. And so we, again, they take us downstairs because you can't really pray for people inside the church because there's no room because people are just shoulder to shoulder. Um, and most of them don't have seats. And it's hot, right? <laughs> We'd be complaining. Um, and they're just, you know, just going after Jesus. <laughs> I'm so glad we have air conditioning, right? And so, and heat. But, uh, so we go downstairs, and we're basically praying for people on the streets. And again, I mean, just one after another, after another, after another, people are getting healed left and right, uh, deaf ears opening, people that are partially blind. Uh, I pray for a guy. One of the last people I prayed for had a tumor across his stomach. He had stage 3 cancer. He was going back to the doctor the next day. Got to pray for him. And the tumor, he says, it was hard. Now it's completely soft. I feel the Holy Spirit working. Right here, he spoke pretty good English. Uh, he's like, it, I'm like, yes, Jesus. Um, all his pain left in his midsection. So I'm waiting to hear back on that. Um, the last story I'll share with you was um, actually prophesied by Sarah about a, um, a little boy that was born blind. So this mother had given us a note at the Biblical University, which was two days prior on Sunday night. This was Tuesday night when we were praying. And she gave us a note that said, please pray for my son Moses. He's bl he was born blind. So he's like four to five years old. Well, I didn't put two and two together. So he ends up in, in my prayer line. And the translators are kind of trying to get you to hurry not like hurry, hurry, but I mean, when they look up and they're like, there's a hundred more people and he's taking five minutes for every person he's praying for, you know, they're thinking going to be here all night. I'm thinking, I don't care, right? Because <laughs> that's what I came for across the world to pray for people all night if we need to, but I get it. I understand it's, it's tiresome, you know, if there's not grace for it. And so this little boy, pray for him once, um, nothing happens. I pray for him again, nothing happens. And then this, I got a key, it like dropped in my mind. And uh, it was like the Holy Spirit was saying, don't forget the anointing. The anointing's how you do this. You do it by the anointing, the anointing breaks the yoke. And so I just start even saying out loud, because they're not even translating me. I just start saying, through the anointing, I just release healing. So we pray for him a third time, and, and he's able to see the translator's face. For the first face he's ever seen in his life. He's, you know, he's been four or five years blind his whole life. And then we pray for him one more time, and he's able to see even better. And I'm like, my gosh, you are so good. Here's a little boy that's never seen. And that it's a, a, a legitimate, you can say what you want about pain-leaving bodies or any of that stuff. You see a little boy that's been born blind with white over his eyes. And he sees for the first time in front of you. It does something to your heart, right? I'm like, my gosh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much. I mean, the translator was just rocked. I mean, we were all just blown away. Um, this is, you know, just a few hours before they took us to the airport. 
So I'm jacked up. I just barely slept for the next, you know, whatever, 48, last 48 hours they were, we were there. And, um, and I just, there's so, there's so many more t- testimonies that I don't have time to share individually. But you get the picture, right? Jesus gave us the name Revive the World because that's what, that's what we were all created to do. Not just because it's a good ministry name. It's because what we were all created for. We get to literally revive the world. For any of those testimonies, if you've got pain or you've got anything going on that, that I mentioned, just grab that. It's here. You know, Testimony means to do again. God wants to do it again for you right now. If you need it, just receive it by faith. Everything in the kingdom is received by faith, right? If your stomach hurts, if your head hurts, if you're dealing with gastrointestinal things, if you've got pain of any kind in your body, partial blindness, partial deafness, whatever it is, just grab that for yourself right now. He's just waiting. I just felt like that stuff was going to begin to happen in the room. Uh, just grab that stuff for yourself. That stuff doesn't just happen. Don't, don't, don't make yourself believe that stuff just happens overseas. That's one of the biggest deceptions of the enemy that there is. It's just laughable, right? (laughs) That stuff just happens over there. Yeah, right. (laughs) Like the the gospel's different in America. (laughs) That's that's just that's ridiculous. So (laughs) I'm glad I'm with people that think that's ridiculous too, Uh, because the kingdom is advancing, and I believe there's an impartation for us here today. I know I've kept you longer than normal, but I believe that it was. I hope that you'd believe with me that it was worth it. Um, and that God wants to do something even right now in this moment. And I believe there's an impartation for us. If you haven't already gotten it in the room, I'll tell you that, that fire always lands on sacrifice, right? I can't make your life a sacrifice. Only you can. And I believe that the, just what the Scripture says, those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, they'll be filled. All right? So there's impartation for hungry people. There's impartation for hungry people that are watching, hungry people that are in the room. I believe that the fire of the, of the persecuted church is here and present for us to receive right now. I, f- I mean, I, I feel it. Um, I hope that you do too. And I believe that there's going to be a release of it here as I pray. And um, not because of anything that I did or, or could do, but just because of grace. And it's just what He wants it's just what he wants. God is bringing unified bodies coming back for one bride. One bride that looks the same. We may use different tactics in different countries, but to one bride, not a divided bride. No, not four, five, six, seven brides. It's one bride. One bride. Spotless. Without blemish. I believe fire does that. Fire purifies, Right? I know Jesus paid for us to be spotless and holy before him in love. I get that. But I know that our, our character is being refined by fire so that we can, we can show the world who he really is. And so, Father, thank you right now for, for coming and releasing an impartation of the persecuted church. If you would, just, just stand to your feet. Thank you. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, would you, would you please come in this moment for everybody watching, everybody here, and would you release everything that you have for them? I pray that there would be the fire of the persecuted church would come.
upon each and every one of us. I pray that we would take these testimonies and that we would cherish them in our hearts and that we would remember day and night to pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters around the world that are paying a price that we don't have to for the sake of the gospel. I thank you, Father, for that becoming a reality, that being in the forefront of our minds, that that would stir up new hunger on the inside of us to never be scared again of what somebody may say or how they may look at us or or what they may write about us on social media. Uh, If we speak out about Jesus, if we love people intentionally and on purpose every day of our lives, I pray that you would begin to help us to articulate the gospel for every single setting, that we would know how to share the gospel to every person in every place, whatever the situation calls for. Holy Spirit, you're our teacher. You you lead us into all truth. Would you do this in this way as you release fresh fire? Yeah, I just release fire upon every person right now. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Father, right now for there being a consuming consuming, 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 fiery love that comes upon us that we never, ever, ever be the same again. That we would begin to move in signs, wonders, and miracles from a place of love like never before. That we'd never again settle for less than what your gospel demonstrates, what you've shown of Jesus, that Jesus, you would become the mirror that we are to look in and what our lives are to look like. (laughs) We thank you that you want all of this way more than we want it. And so we just embrace the fullness of truth right now. We embrace the fullness of truth. We We receive everything you're releasing right now in this moment. For the furtherance of the gospel. To see the kingdom advance in our nation, destroy darkness, to destroy the the subtle uh, alluring of the world's culture that it would deeply convict us if we're settling for anything less than the standard of what you have put in your word. That we would begin to be convicted of the ways that we have changed theology to fit our lifestyle. We'd be deeply convicted, Father. Deeply convicted by love. That as you're wooing us into this place of deeper intimacy, that we would accept this invitation to be the bride, that covenant would be what we make with you from this day forward. There would be no more dating you, no more casually being with you, but but committing to you, laying this little life down that you may make a big impact with it. Oh, yes, Jesus. Would fire consume us, Father, for the lost and the broken, those that are separated from your love right now, because they don't know. They don't know that it's available. They don't know that they can freely receive it. They don't know they don't have to work for it. They can come just as they are. Father, let us be a part of that that army. We just accept the invitation into into the army, Lord, that you're rising up all over the planet. 
Thank you. Yeah, I just bless what you're doing all over the room. Online, I bless what you're doing, Father. I pray increase upon every person right now that's experiencing you. I thank you that this isn't just for a a good time or a a moment to, to enjoy you, but it is actually a marking that is taking place. That it's changing us. We're being transformed into this moment. We're going from glory to glory in this moment. We thank you, Father. Yes, Jesus. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you. If the power of seduction of world's culture is over us in any way, I pray breaking of it right now in Jesus' name. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Thank you. I thank you for the fullness of of authority of the kingdom beginning to be displayed in each son and daughter's life in this place. (laughs) I thank you that you have been. You've been showing us that these people that I get to be with and be a part of this family, I thank you that that we all are getting it. (laughs) I thank you. I thank you. We know there's more. We know there's more, and we accept the invitation into the more. That we wouldn't even think about what it's going to cost us anymore. That we just count it all joy, just like Jesus did. (laughs) Thank you, Father. I understand if you need to go get your kids, you can bring them out into the atmosphere if they're able to sit still, or if if you need to go, we just bless you guys. Um, Thanks for being here and hanging out longer. Father, I thank you. Even our children right now, I just pray fresh fire come uh, come upon them. I thank you. There's been so much happening with the kids, uh, so much that you've been doing, so much demonstration of of your goodness and love and healing power through them. We pray increase upon it right now. We pray that fresh fire would come upon them. We pray that that when, as parents, some of you would, would come in the rooms in the morning, they'd already be up. Uh, praying. They'd already be up praying in the Holy Spirit. They'd already be crying out to God throughout the night. They'd be having encounters while they sleep. That They'd be transported places to, to, to share the gospel while they're sleeping, Lord. They would begin to experience things that we've only dreamed of, things that we've heard about and we want to do, that they would experience it at greater levels than we have. Yeah, thank you for the grace upon our kids to see the kingdom come in the school system and everywhere that they're at. Thank you that there's no junior Holy Spirit. (laughs) So Lord, as you're releasing resurrection power in this room to walk in, I pray for every person that we'd all say yes in the way that we need to. Each one of us knows what it is. Everybody in this room, everybody watching, they're sensitive. We're all sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So thank you that you're going to lead us and guide us. This isn't a heavy thing. This isn't something that's supposed to weigh us down. The yoke is light. (laughs) The yoke is light. The burden is light. Jesus took the heavy stuff. He took the pressure. There's no pressure. There's no pressure. There's no pressure. So thank you, Father, for us continuing to live from a place of victory, a place of love, a place of joy. while we share the gospel everywhere we go and first in actions and then use words when necessary. So we bless, Father. We bless what you're doing. We say yes to every bit of it. Every bit of it. We say yes.
In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're going to have the prayer team come. and If you guys need prayer for anything, if you didn't get healed, if you feel like you need freedom in an area of your life, or if you know you need freedom, I pray that you'd come up and have somebody pray with you. <clears throat> Thank you. If you need anything else, we just ask that you'd come up and let these, these beautiful people join with you in prayer. And <clears throat> I'm going to pray for some folks too. If you... If you if you want if you if you desire more, don't be afraid to come up, and we just want to release whatever God has for you today on you. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Man, thanks for being a part of what God's doing. Again, thanks for sowing into it. You know God's doing. You just a, it's just, just a snippet of what He's doing worldwide, right? It's, and we get to be a part of it. When you pray and when you sow into it and just a few of us go, we're all, we're all in the family business. We're all reaping the same fruit, right? Come on. You're all a part of this. And so I bless you this week in being able to share the gospel wherever you go, whatever that looks like, showing people that, that Jesus is good and he loves them. You know, look for opportunity around you. It's going to be there. Right, just step out and love people intentionally. I know you're already doing that, but I believe our awareness is, is, is rising to needs that are around us. We're going to start getting words of knowledge, getting opportunities to step out and take greater risks than what we have. Let me remind us that there's no growth where we're comfortable. <laughs> we are to live in a, a constant state of discomfort while growing in the kingdom. That's why the Holy Spirit is the comforter. <laughs> he comforts us while we're being stretched <laughs> so i love you guys i bless your week can't wait to hear what jesus jesus does we, we love you and glad we get to be a part of your lives thanks for listening to revive the world ministries podcast join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.us